0: Hello, and welcome to For Your Listening Pleasure, a podcast focused on talking with interesting and diverse individuals and discussing how their backgrounds shape them into the people they are today. I am your host, Mallory Waxman. Today on the podcast, I'm excited to be welcoming singer-songwriter... Madison Hughes. Madison is originally from Jacksonville, Florida, but currently the 25-year-old is living in Nashville, Tennessee. I stumbled upon one of Madison's videos on TikTok and instantly fell in love with her naturally alluring, hauntingly beautiful, and soothing voice. Listeners, make sure you check out her TikTok or Spotify to listen to some of her original songs, as well as these amazing covers that she does listeners. Before we dive into today's episode, I want to let you know about For Your Listening Pleasure's first collaboration. One of the podcast goals is to raise awareness about various nonprofits and organizations doing good in the world. I always ask each podcast guest if they are part of a particular nonprofit or if there's a specific organization that they support. I have a running list and I hope that one day I will be able to raise awareness and give to each of them. I am excited to announce my first collaboration with The Street artist wordsmith. Together, we designed a sweatshirt that you're now able to purchase, and all proceeds will be going to Paws, Chicago, and Pets for Vets. Make sure to listen to each of their mini episodes to learn more about what each organization does and where the funds will go. I'm also happy to inform listeners that under the podcast umbrella, I have started my own charitable organization called For Your Charitable Pleasure to ensure that all funds now and in the future go towards organizations making a difference in the world. I'm so excited about this collaboration that I personally will be donating $2 for every Instagram repost with the hope of raising awareness around these two outstanding organizations. All you need to do is follow the podcast on Instagram, tag for your listening pleasure, and include the link to purchase in the repost. Additional information, including social media usernames and purchase links, can be found in this episode's show notes. One last thing, Wordsmith, also known as Brody, I thank you for your partnership on this. You were gracious enough to respond to my email and agree to come on the podcast. Thank you for dedicating your time and talent to this collaboration and thank you for helping support two incredibly impactful organizations and to my loyal listeners. Thank you for listening to the podcast week after week and I hope you enjoy this episode. So Madison, I'm very excited to be welcoming you to the podcast. For those listeners who might not know who you are, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself?
1: Hi, my name is Madison Hughes. I am a singer-songwriter originally from Ponte Vedra Beach, Florida. I recently relocated to Nashville Music City to kind of chase my dreams of being an artist. So it's exciting. That's pretty much kind of my, my thing. I mean, I do videography on the side for my, for my make a living, but the main goal is the music for me.
0: So, I stumbled upon you on TikTok. Gotta love the algorithm. And I was just so enthralled by your voice. It was stunning and beautiful. And then you put out a cover of one of my absolute favorite Lord Huron songs. And I was like, I gotta get this girl on the podcast. Um, how did you get into music?
1: Yeah. So, um, I started taking my music journey started with uh, me and my father we were doing guitar lessons together back when I was in fifth grade and we hired a guitar teacher and we would just learn together and I started out just really playing on guitar and learning songs that way I wasn't really singing at all I didn't really have an interest in singing um, until we had like a guitar recital and you had to sing a song so we figured out a song to sing and Uh, I remember that distinct moment because my mom was like, oh my gosh, I didn't know you could sing what, and I didn't really think anything of it because it was just very natural. I guess it came naturally to me, hadn't done a lot, any training. Um, and then from then I just, I like took choir in high school and kind of kept up with it since then. So that's when it started fifth grade.
0: I know you had a high school teacher, Meg O'Connor, who, um, really got you involved in the theater program. How did you feel like, did that help you, I guess, develop your stage presence or did you feel natural? Cause I feel like there's usually a difference between those who want to sing and those who really want to just go into theater.
1: Right. Well, I remember like growing up like in middle school before I went to high school and met that teacher, my mom uh, would always say that she'd always be like, oh, you have great stage presence, you know, when you're out doing open mics or whatnot." And I didn't really know what that meant because I guess it sort of came naturally to me. Um, but still with like the theater lessons, you know, that boosted it even more. Like it took like a natural gift and made me even better at it. Um, yeah, I would say she was a great help. Also like my choir teacher helped with like the techniques, like I wouldn't have like known how to keep my voice. Um, you know, not blowing it out on stage without having that, uh, training. Um, and it's crazy how much I learned just in that high school time period, you know, way more than like my college years. So yeah, the high school was like a really, my blossoming time where I just learned a lot for sure.
0: And I know when we spoke previously, you talked about moving around a lot and going to a bunch of different schools. So you kind of like landed at one school and i'm sure a lot of listeners can relate to those years when you're trying to figure out like who you are as a person but you're constantly like moving or changing schools how did you deal with that
1: yeah so for people listening i went started out just this high school in florida and then i it was my idea to want to go to a boarding school so i got sent off to a boarding school for high school after that, I've been to I went to two different colleges and then I finally transferred to my th- third college back in Florida again. And I just I think, look, being a little bit older now, I didn't know how much like those years are so formative and that you just you really don't know if you're searching for everything. Like, what is life? You know, all the existential uh, yeah, questions yeah. and everything. That's like when so much when I started just searching for lots of different answers, you know, and I guess at the end of the day, I could have been happy wherever, you know, I always heard people say that like, grass isn't greener or my mom would
0: always say that. Well, it's funny. Cause I think when you're that age, I remember being that age and I was like, I'm going to go across the country for school or I'm going to go want to go into environmental sciences, or I want to be a doctor. And you have these like big plans, but you have no idea who you are as a person no. at all. And it's crazy to think that at that age, you're having to choose college and a major and then you're supposed to go into that field of work and you're like I don't even know who I am
1: as a person gosh I had different majors I think my first one was I think it might have been like social work or something but I didn't even know what that even meant I was like oh it just sounds like because I loved helping people I'll just join that and I'm like oh I'm kind of forgetting my whole you know natural gifting why would I kind of throw that away because I thought oh it's just impossible who no one actually no, that isn't. That is. That's only for the select few. I think so many of us have like so many self doubts at that time period too. If we don't have like like mentors or like parents that are like really, you know, even even if even if your parents like encourage you a lot, it's still like you can have so much like kind of lower confidence. I feel like at that time and just not believing in yourself. And so I had to really push through that. Um. Yeah.
0: <laughs> no, I mean honestly, like that fear. And being Mm self-conscious is something I think not only that time period, but, you know, speaking with so many different guests, all different walks of life, careers, everyone has that. I know I still have that, but I think it's even more pronounced probably for those artists who are putting their work out there because you're open to so much more judgment. And I remember when I stumbled across your videos, I was like, damn, this girl's like really just putting it out there. And it seemed like you weren't doing it for follows or likes, but really just because it spoke to you and it was who you were. Um, How do you, how did you decide to start making TikToks? I know you've had some music in the past, but what made you want to go and film these videos? Uh, So with with
1: the social media now, I mean, part of it was kind of like my I love like photography and videography and love like the aesthetics of a video. And so I wanted my own videos, my own performance videos to have just like a really cool background. And I would just be like friends and like right in the center of the frame and um, preferably outside because the lighting's always great. And you hear like the birds chirping in the background. So it, it partly comes from that, like my video background. Um, and it's it differentiates you from the other people that are maybe just have a white kind of wall behind them, um, in their studio, you know, it, so when people are scrolling, it does make people kind of stop. Maybe I, I think on TikTok, especially, um, it's crazy. I, I grew so fast. Like in one week, I, I gained 8,000 followers. I started with three and just from that one, mainly that one Lord here on cover song that really, I guess it resonated with people because it was just using like a combination of like my like lower range but also like the slower ballad type of thing and I think that's where like the sweet spot is for me
0: So I have a question about that. So I remember when I found that video, I downloaded it and sent it to a ton of people. I actually put it on my Instagram story, being like, this girl is covering my favorite song in such a hauntingly beautiful way. And I saw the comments and people were saying, put it up on Spotify. Can you do that? What does that process look like for those of us who know nothing?
1: Right. It might be similar to any of you guys who have, who maybe host your own podcast or have some kind of audio editing software. So, my software I have is called Logic and it's, I believe, Apple. It's Apple's um, thing. And basically, you have to, you just need a microphone, an interface, which is the device that connects the microphone to your computer, um, and a basic understanding of like, audio editing. So that means like EQ, compression, reverb, little delay. Um, Trying to think and some other little things I've learned. Um, But yeah, there's like so many YouTube tutorials that I learned on how to like make my own songs like sound uh, pretty professional um, without having to go to a studio. Um, Yeah. And then you submit the mp3 file to if you're an independent musician you can submit it to um a place like there's something called distro kid tune core cd baby they're basically distributors that distribute your song to apple music spotify everywhere else so it is very similar to like uploading yeah, a podcast Exactly, and it could take like just like a week for them to approve it um yeah and so i, I uploaded that one on spotify it was just guitar and vocals and crazy that people will still like just listen to a simple you know song stripped down
0: yeah and then besides like doing covers we'll talk a little more about that but you have your own music that you've produced and you have other songs how did you get into that because it's a little bit different of a vibe it's very
1: different it's kind of confuses people but it was sort of when I was just figuring out what music I wanted to make, I was posting it as I was discovering, Oh, these, this genre exists. And now oh, this producer sent me this beat and he wants me to sing over his song and post it. So I was very open to all types of genres. There's like, if, yeah, if you go to my discography, it's, you wouldn't be able to tell literally what music I even make um, until the re- most recent cover song. But um, I guess part of it is cause like, I feel like I'm, good at a lot of different genres that is kind of why I ended up uh, posting them but what made me kind of take a different direction now is like I moved to Nashville I want to be able to play live music and what is most authentic to me it seems more like the roots based music not necessarily the auto-tune R&B stuff like I will leave that to like Mariah Carey like Rihanna you know like that's probably their strength you know Uh, but at the end of the day I would try. I would like to try to like figure out my own type of sound, you know, with working with producers in Nashville, trying to figure out what is Madison's sound, you know, like what is my distinct sound where um, it's like unique, but um, also being able to play that live. That is the key thing too for me.
0: So, how do you maintain your? How do you stay authentic? I guess okay. is what I'm asking yeah. because it's a, it's an industry where like you said, it's really hard to break into. There's always people. And I think from the outsider looking in, you see a lot of people, they change their looks and their sounds like just to be able to break in. But it seems like you're very grounded in what you know you want for yourself. So how do you, someone calls you, How would would you say no if it didn't feel like it fit for you. Yeah, and
1: they were like, yeah, you got to dress in this certain type of way. I feel like no. And they should know that they should know better too. anyone that's an, an A&R or whatever, who's or whoever's in marketing, they would know better that your artists will do better if they stay true to themselves. Like, I feel like maybe that's kind of a definitely like a more of a pop thing, I guess, where they make you look a certain way, like where you put on your own character almost. Um, I guess for me, I I always liked not really conforming anyway and I always I just I can't I have to dress how I want which is very chill I'm never like over the top with how I look and whatnot but I also don't want to like I don't know I'm trying to figure out I guess my style along the way too like I don't even know like my, my closet's like random things it's not perfectly curated you know but I mean, it's fun yeah it's fun to like play around with styles and stuff um yeah it's like I, I like cowboy boots but I also like Doc Martens also like Bluntstones I can be any type of vibe you know depending what my mood is or my location but I would I just love, say
0: so. I love that no that's like authentic and I think that speaks to also where the music industry is today you don't have to fit in one box, and I think that social media is a phenomenal platform for so many young artists to be able to get it out there. Whereas maybe in the past, all you were gonna do would be like live open mic sessions,
1: right? right. Yeah, I'm super grateful for social media because a lot of a lot of old schoolers would will, will only say, "Oh, you gotta be out and about," but they also don't know how to work social media they don't know the benefits of that and how that will get you seen I feel like way faster than maybe playing at the same little open mic every week
0: so I asked this to another podcast guest Elena Bezer, who does a lot on social media and it was how do you handle the haters Hmm. as a female and then also you're putting yourself out there and 99% of the people are great and then you might get that one person who makes some awful comment. How does that affect you?
1: Right. I would say I haven't, TikTok has mainly hit the right audience. So I haven't gotten really hate mail there. You know, I, I feel like maybe it hurt the first, first one I saw like a YouTube commenter. But then I'm just like, I just realized it just doesn't affect me anymore, um, which is good. But I you guess know, there's, that's that's that, there's, there's that saying that people always say like, oh, hurt people, hurt people. I feel like that's just bottom line. Probably yeah, what it
0: is. she pretty much said the same thing, which I think is really interesting. Um, yeah. so what is it about playing live for you? I would be so nervous. I'm, I'm not a like I don't want everything, everyone looking at me. But it seems like that's also one reason you moved to Nashville was to kind of be able to have that experience more.
1: Yeah, well, it's funny because it's it's not it was so hard for me the first time I pulled up into Nashville and did my first open mic. I was like, gosh, this is, uh, I can't I'm so cringe looking at myself. Oh my gosh. No one wants to hear me why I am very much imposter syndrome overload. Um, but I had to break that ice. I had to disforce myself. I'm like, I got to challenge myself and do something that's scary. Cause I hadn't really performed since like high school days. And it just felt like so long ago and felt like I could only do things in front of the camera. Um, and I was, I was, my heart was beating and I'm like, I don't want to forget the lyrics or so not, but thankfully after that first moment, breaking the ice, it's gotten easier each time. So I'm, I'm definitely believing that like stage fright won't be like a lifetime, always like, oh my gosh, getting so scared. I know some artists like have stage fright, like to this day, probably some big celebrities still, but Adele does. Right? She yeah. openly talks about how oh. she like
0: throws up before every concert. Oh, oh my goodness. So it's no but like
1: I have to just focus on not like like not focus on myself and worry am I going to be pitchy or am I gonna I forget the lyrics I have to focus on like the people there want to hear music they want to hear something that touches their soul that's what it's about so if I keep that in the forefront of my mind because that's what music is about it's not a selfish oh yeah
0: just- well I would encourage all listeners to go to your TikTok and follow it but one thing you do sometimes is you'll say oh if you'll do a cover of a song and then you'll kind of say if it was performed by a woman a female Right. how did you start one I guess my question is what's it like kind of be more of a female in this industry and then why did you decide to pick like such iconic songs like Bob Dylan and like and a few others and put your own twist I love it I think it you could do like an entire album of like cover songs yes, I should do that Focused actually. around like songs yeah. sung by a woman oh, um cool. but what made you get that idea
1: I feel like well first like with the gender thing I never overthought like my gender for some reason I was never like oh they're not gonna like me because I'm this or that until I started hearing other people's you know thoughts of the music industry like oh people only want to hear you know you can be an old man and still they'll listen to you. But if you're an old woman, it's like, forget it. And then I started internalizing that. I'm like, what? I don't know. I'm just like, I can't let that. I cannot let that mess with my mindset. And like, no, my journey, I have to just ignore that. So I've tried to just not really think about that. Um, Not to fo- not focus too much on that and be like, well, that's why females aren't on the country radio because people only want to hear men. <laughs> like, ah, what is this? Um, and as far as choosing different songs, like, I guess I grew up listening to a lot of like the classics, the timeless songs, like the Carol King, Bob Dylan and Jackson Brown and stuff. So, and just because they're so, those songs are so timeless, like it can resonate with a lot of people. It's not just like a trending song or something. Uh, yeah. And so I just, I'm excited to be able to one day like write my own original timeless songs. You know, like a lot of the stuff I have out now is sort of just kind of, I, I don't love the songs I have out that are my originals, you know, because I was just growing and learning.
0: Um, what What is your process for writing? How do so, you get inspired?
1: Yeah. Well everything that is out now that I've written was always, like a producer would send me a beat, essentially, so a track that he's already made. And they'd be like, okay, all I have to do is write the lyrics over this, write the lyrics over this figure out how to sing over it and um yeah the process is I would just put the track into um the Logic program put my headphones on have the microphone here I just start like mumbling different melodies or different ideas I'll just like record myself and do it like over and over again until I feel like oh this is the chorus this line um It never comes from like, I don't have like a whole lyric book of poetry or whatnot. I don't start, I'm more like I have to feel the music and the notes. So if I do do co-writing someday with other writers, I would be the person maybe focusing on the melody and then they would be good at like the lyrics part. That'd be a cool like partnership, I think.
0: And then where do you want like the next six months to a year? What would you like to kind of accomplish? Hmm. Yeah, I feel like uh,
1: aside from like making my voice like as strong as it can get, that's obviously a big one. Um, Besides that and like mastering like live performance art, it would be to like actually, I I, I talk about wanting to write with people, but I haven't actually done it yet since I've been in Nashville a couple of months now. Um, But you have to just start somewhere and um, I have to just do that. Um, but I just know the Nashville scene is very different from how I used to do it, which is like in my bedroom where people from all over the world would just like people literally from Africa or like France would be making beats in their room, sending it to me. And that's how we would work. But I moved to music city to be able to work in person with other people, you know, and vibe in person. So I really need to like figure out how to do that. I I literally don't know how yet. So anyone watching let me know you know anyone
0: yeah and then you said like you also do a lot around like video um is music your full-time thing or do you have a
1: so I don't really make money on music I mean there's a few collect a few royalties from streaming but yeah it's so far like one day that will be manifesting that uh I love it. Yeah. So I have to do like video editing for a lot of people. So you can do that from remotely basically, or actual videography. So whether that's like a wedding video or I need a business promo video, you know, um, or I, I really like doing like mini documentary filming. That's interesting. So kind of like this interview style, but like on a way, like a lot shorter, like a three minute type of video would be my Are you
0: a big film person, like documentary? So that's that's funny because I'm
1: actually like not a film buff. Like I'm not like a movie nerd where I analyze. Oh, this Marvel movie. I love the colors of that. I never, um, and I haven't really watched a lot of documentaries, but I, I do like like the Vice mini documentaries. Like that's an example of stuff I like. Or if any like news program puts out like a three minute like video journalism piece where they travel, you know, to a different country and just film kind of a segment there. So I like doing more like journalistic style. I find that interesting where I can like interview people and like tell their story. Yeah.
0: No, I love that. Obviously like TikTok was then like definitely made for you. I mean, I'm still figuring out TikTok. I make very basic, basic videos for this podcast. Um, But some of the editing and storytelling Mm -hmm. that can be done is just, it's beautiful. And you know two minutes maybe three and you get going and then you can watch other parts of the same kind of um theme or from the same creator
1: yeah exactly no it's great
0: and then i guess my other question when i was thinking about getting ready for this interview is um how has like your family or faith kind of played a role in your journey. Cause I know like some of your early stuff is um back um or surrounding a little bit more with like yeah. religion.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So that my like faith journey started like beginning of college. This group actually came to our campus, this group from California. Um they were called the Circuit Riders and they're based in Huntington Beach. They're basically like Yeah, this group of Christians that kind of travel to different college campuses and preaching the gospel. And, um, they came up to me one day and they just had so much love for me, a stranger. I'm like, what are you, why are you talking to me? What's, I don't understand. Uh, cause you just don't, you don't have people stopping, uh, for no reason just to talk to you. And I really touched my heart and they're like, yeah, come out to this event we're hosting tonight. And, um, so I, I went out there and and I was like, okay, oh, didn't really hear about like, what what is, why did Jesus here and come here anyway? And just learning about all that. And so I just started researching more about it and was like, oh, this is, I feel like this is pretty legit. So uh, <laughs> I should, I should figure out if this Jesus person is worth like, I don't know, giving more time to and like figuring out. But I feel like it's very different from a lot of other people's journeys as far as like maybe growing up in like a religious stern type of atmosphere where it's all about just like tradition and just like uh southern sentimentalism you know like oh can i pray for you it's like what does that mean like what i don't so i i feel like i i learned about jesus like very differently from maybe like typical south where it's just like i don't know like a meme almost
0: it's embedded in the culture yeah
1: um so yeah, I, I definitely, I wouldn't say I grew like grew up really in that. It was more recently, which is why it impacted a lot of that early music. so I was like very, again, it's like a very, uh, that time of your life, very formative and very much go all in and whatever you do. So I was very like active in Christian ministry and maybe I was weird. I don't know, <laughs> but, um, yeah, no, you can't be ashamed of whatever um
0: no i think there's something really beautiful about talking about exploring those paths yeah because you know um i recently just had my birthday and i start to like look back on a lot of things and think oh should i have leaned in more here or should i maybe not have leaned in so intensely and um i think what's come through is more i wish i would have leaned in more than not so really exploring or feeling like I really gave something a chance right. um, versus not. And especially at that time period, even mm. in your 20s, really exploring every opportunity, making yeah. those mistakes. Even if you go down a road, it's a dead right. end. You still learn so much from it.
1: Oh, yeah. And I mean, I might have, you know, from some people like looking back now, I probably burned some bridges being too like gung-ho about certain things even with like the COVID stuff like I could have been (laughs) I was like I don't know I was I was I was a little intense um as far as like feeling like judgmental and I'm like I kind of need to tone that back and god help me why am I this way I don't know but even like talking about that is I feel like is okay you know like are people scared to even talk about that you know like I'm I don't care what
0: side people are on so one thing I've really have gotten really grounded in is I do not believe in cancel culture. Right. And maybe that's not the right thing to say, but I, saying that. I think, right. But I think that if we cancel everyone that has made a mistake or yeah. said something, you're canceling the ability to grow and learn. Right.
1: That's what
0: it is. Right. And there's sometimes when like an old tweet or something comes up or people are like, they said this, like, I know we've all said stupid shit. Let's be real. And a lot of it comes out of our own like ignorance and not knowing, but if you can't own the fact you made some like a poor mistake or you said something. All right. Well, you should find people should be more compassionate so that you can say, all right, I obviously made a mistake. I shouldn't have said this. Can, can we talk about why, or let me know, let me learn the history. Let me understand why it might be offensive. Let me learn from this. And so that next time, if I hear someone say something, I can go and be an ally or an advocate. And I think we're so quick to cancel. That's yeah. shocking to me because you live your life in fear of saying something Right. And then you're not able to learn. And I went through that, had experience with um, a potential guest that was coming on uh, who was not happy that I was still on Spotify because of Joe Rogan.
1: Oh, wow.
0: And I was like, I hear what you're saying. I've looked into how Spotify is handling it. But I also know I need to stay grounded in what I believe. Yeah. And that is. Maybe one of his listeners listens to this podcast and learns from somebody who's different than them. Maybe, you know, I'm a one-person show. Spotify is a really big, you know, platform for me, for listeners. And two, I don't believe in cancel culture. Yeah. I
1: Stand your ground, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I've had to learn that, like, I could formerly, like, be very wavering and fear of what people will think. I'm just like, okay, well... There's one quote I was looking up. This quote, I actually have it right here. Eleanor wrote Eleanor Roosevelt. She's like, "Do what you feel in your heart to be right, for you'll be criticized
0: anyway." <laughs> Which is, I mean, it's uh, true, pretty, pretty true. So, and there's been times on this podcast, on this podcast, without the best, um, that I have felt really bad I didn't know about something and it just wanted to show like yes I'm obviously very privileged I didn't know but I didn't know what I didn't know yeah so how are we supposed to grow so I appreciate you know having these authentic conversations with people and diving in to their lives a lot more where where can listeners find you
1: so listeners, you actually can find me on Spotify. Again, that is also my biggest streaming platform too. A lot of people, it's their main app they use for streaming. Uh, SoundCloud seems to have been gone out of style, but I used to post everything only there. But yeah, find me Apple Music, Spotify for the people that use streaming. If you're so old school and want to do iTunes, go for it. Um, but yeah. And if you want to see more of like my covers and stuff, that will be mainly probably TikTok, Instagram. You'll find that. So that is um, just my full name, Madison Hughes. You'll, you'll find me there.
0: We'll put links in the show notes yeah. so listeners can have an easy Perfect. You know, click. Um, and then do you have any upcoming shows happening?
1: Uh, if you were in the Nashville area, I usually play Tuesday nights at this place called Cafe Coco, but it is a ver- it's is a—it's like a variety show, so it's not just strictly Madison Hughes show. I'm not at that level yet, but soon. Yeah. For sure, soon. Um, yeah. Oh, that's
0: so exciting. I'll have to make my way down to Nashville <laughs> oh to come yes. see a show. Or have you come up to Chicago? Yes. Okay, we need to do that. Yes. Lord Huron's performing twice here this summer. If you, if we want to plan that out.
1: Yes. I need to research that. Yeah.
0: Um, so I end every episode with the same three questions. The first question is if you had a quote or a mantra that you live by, what would it be?
1: Hmm. Quote or mantra? Well, I feel like what suits me the best would probably be something around being authentic so oscar wilde has a quote uh it's i think it's be yourself everyone else is already taken um and that just really resonates with me you know you have to to let it sink in because everyone always wants to try to oh i love this aspect of this person or that person that's great to admire everyone's uniqueness but you can also be like appreciative of who you are too you know don't be envious of everyone
0: else. Everyone's on their own journey at their own time. Yes. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I love that one.
0: If you could relive any one day, which day would you pick? Okay.
1: Hmm. I don't want to sound cheesy, but probably like it would be in my high school time period. I'm not trying to be like, I peaked in high school. I did not, but I probably would say uh, my sophomore year we have this like dance at the end of the year. It's called the finals dance, it's sort of like our version of prom for boarding school. <laughs> um, and I just, I got asked by this wonderful little gentleman uh, and he's very sweet and I don't know where he is now, but I definitely, uh, I love that man. <laughs> yeah, so that, that was a great, that was a great day. The first time and I was like, oh, very smitten.
0: Uh, yeah, probably I probably I love how you referred him as like a little gentleman. I like I could paint it in my, you know, know. In my head. I love that. And then the final question is if you had a theme song that played every time you walked into a room, which song would you choose? Well, uh,
1: I like 80s movies a lot and I like the music from them. So probably from the iconic movie, The Breakfast Club, the song, don't you forget about me. That song is iconic and I'm obsessed with it. I think it's just called Don't You or Don't You Forget About Me. But uh, that's pretty great.
0: So um, I will go ahead and add that song to the For Your Listening Pleasure theme song playlist. So perfect. listeners can listen to your theme song as well as um, everyone else's. So it's a good, that's a good addition because it hasn't been added. So, 35. well, Madison, this has been so amazing you are so beautiful in person or over zoom as yeah. you are on your videos. so thank you Aww. so much and i'm just so excited to see where your career goes because i have no doubt it's like only gonna go up so thank I'm really you excited. thank you yeah. for
1: hosting me
0: yes awesome